and welcome to day 21 of a Sideways Live Podmas. 21. We're nearly there. It is Christmas on Sunday. How exciting. If very. You... Go on, No, please. go on. Very. Go on. Please. How excited are you, Al? Um, moderately. <laughs> it's kind of difficult to get excited about Christmas if you are in a country where it's not particularly Christmassy. Mm. In Split, it's been lovely. It's been like highs of 12, 13, sunny, lows of six, but no snow and a little bit of rain. So mm. it is kind of difficult. What I was about to say is that we've had 20 episodes and each one I've described what Podmas is. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Do we now. need to at this point? What happens if someone's, is this, this is your first time of listening. You've literally picked this up in day 21 of Podmas. Then I want you to, to send us an email at sidewayslife at gmail.com and we will explain personally to you. We will record a video for you <laughs> explaining what Podmas is. Yes, good plan. Yes. So today we are talking to what we've got some voice messages from a guy called James, um, really influential in the nomad scene. Um, so, but we, we, I think he wants to kind of keep his, what he does on Facebook and all the other stuff separate to this. So nothing wrong with a bit of privacy. I think so. And I think it's okay. It's okay. Um, because some of his messages are brilliant. Uh, really, really interesting. Um, so we'll come on to that in a second. But tell us, Leanne, what's been going on in your life? I've not seen you for about four minutes. <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot. I was I was on another podcast the other day. I felt like I, I was cheating on you, which was um, interesting. Which podcast? If you're interested, it's called Augmenters. They talk about very... We're talking depth about mentoring, which mm. is quite a niche subject, um, but a worthy one. Um, so yeah, I was on an episode of theirs that came out yesterday. So if you're interested in that, go and check it out. Augmenters. Um, but yeah, what else is new in my life? Not a lot. Not a lot, Al. I bet you think you're fancy as fuck now you're, you've are you been on another podcast, like you've been a guest. <laughs> I'm a professional broadcaster. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I was like, you know, we, we didn't really plan that. And, uh, and you were like, yeah, I've been on the podcast and drunk some gin and... That's it. Yeah. Well, it's almost Christmas, isn't it, really? It Winding is, down with work. It is interesting. Like, do you, do you guys, do you listeners, do you finish work at a particular time? Do you say, right, 20th, I'm not doing any more work for two weeks. Do you work over Christmas? I'd be interested um, to find out what you, what, how you work. Because I think we tend to go, right, sort of 20th is sort of like our last day. And then we'll just see how mm. it goes. And essentially just top ourselves up with gin throughout the... The remaining 14 days to about the 5th, about the 3rd of Jan, and then just get back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dip in, do some fun stuff. But yes, I think the Christmas holidays is probably starting for us from tomorrow, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, we're doing some Christmas shopping tomorrow. Again, another thing that I'm interested about is if you're listening to this and you're willing to share, then a sidewayslife at gmail.com, search all the socials for a sideways life. You can talk to us there. I'm interested, do you buy, pre if you travel or you live abroad, but you know that you're probably going to travel, do you buy physical things or or stuff for your, if you are have got another half, do you buy them for Christmas? Because we've got to the point now where there's very little we need, very little mm. we want. Mm. And you go, well, it's Christmas time, but you can't just not have anything. So what do we mm. do? Oh, hang on. Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Exposing myself here. Good job this is an audio audio <laughs> medium. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. We've decided to be a bit silly this year. So instead of getting each other presents, we're going to get each other a present from our dog, Peanut. Limit of £10. Sounds very cheesy and, and stupid. But I think it just gives us an excuse to not really put that much thought into it. Not throw that much money at it. But still make it feel a bit like Christmas. You're looking at me like I've overshared. I believe that was something that we'd agreed, <laughs> like between the two of us. I wasn't aware that that was going to be something that was going to be broadcast to the millions of people. You just cut that bit out. Yeah. Okay. I might cut that bit out. Anyway. Okay. So let's hear from James. And the questions we asked him were, who are you? Where are you from? Where do you live? Then we said, how long you've been away? And then we said, what do you wish you knew before you started traveling? So let's listen to James. I'm James. I grew up in the U.S. and I have lived in Zagreb, Croatia for five years. I wish I had known more about traveling light and just packing what I really need. Having less to haul around makes transit much simpler, more comfortable, and more affordable. But achieving this was more difficult than I expected. I thought I'd packed light, but ended up taking several things I didn't need and never used. Take time to experiment with packing and hauling your possessions several days before you embark on your journey. For an overall perspective, I've learned more about how important it is to be patient and accept the setting I'm traveling through or living in. For concerns or challenges, there's usually a solution, and sometimes it pays off just to keep asking. Also, I've learned more about my must-haves and what I can do without. It's okay to respect your must-haves if they're realistic. For accommodations, I like a clean space, comfortable bed, and blackout shades or curtains in the sleeping room. And those matter more to me than new furnishings or an amazing view, for example. When traveling early on, I fell into the trap of creating must-see bucket list checklists. Seeing the travel guide recommended sites often keeps us in a tourist bubble and isolated from real-life experiences. Also, if your time is limited, consider paring down your destination wish list and spend more time in fewer places rather than trying to cram everything in. Now, this is a really good point, actually, that you can quite often choose an amazing view and have a bit of a shit apartment, can't you? Mm. Yes. I'm <laughs> not sure you're aware of you were You were ready for that question. No, I think you can. I think James has hit on a really important point there. And it's something that it might not, you know, cross your mind to think about initially. But yeah, look at, look at, I think sleep is so important. And having having a, a good bed and the right size bed. I remember talking to one of my friends who's um, who was nomaded from time to time and her husband is six foot six. Right. And she was like, the issue is we have to have, make sure we have to have a big enough bed because otherwise, especially in Europe, they're actually Australian, his feet are hanging off the, the other <laughs> side of the, you know, the end of the bed, which isn't comfortable. And if you're not sleeping well, we're not functioning well, Al. We're not happy people. So I think that's actually a really good tip. And blackout blinds are the best thing in the world, especially during summer. If you're somewhere warm and, and sunny, especially if you're further north, you know, if you are in the UK over summer, it does get light at half past three in the morning and it won't it get does. dark until 11pm at night. You want some decent curtains. You do. And I think the the other thing, uh, which I really like there, is about the packing light. Um, 
we've started, we've tried to do this several times. Um, and we, I think if you've listened to the podcast, you remember that um, a little while ago I went to um, empty a storage unit from um, in Malaga. And we ended up coming, I, mean, I now have, I think I have seven laptops, actually six laptops and a computer that I travel with, even though I only use like two. But I just, just ridiculous things, like there's a couple of old laptops, I've got some data on there, I need to get it off and I don't know how to do that. And then I've got a couple of old laptops. It's just, it's just silly. So I think that it's really important, paring down your clothes, because that's the biggest volume, and paring down your tech, because that's also the biggest volume, which I know that I'm going to be fighting with you when we leave here in May about the tech that we can, we're going to have to get rid of. I'm sure most people then were going, <laughs> oh, I'll be fighting with Leanne about all the clothes that she's got. No, 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 no. Al's tech takes up a good third of our of our car space. But it doesn't. It, you know what? It, it does, but it's fine. <laughs> we need tech to work. We need tech to podcast. We need the tech. And I must admit, as much as I bitch at you for having like a plastic box full of unrecognisable wires and sockets <laughs> and, and widgets and whatever else, whenever I say to you, how do I get this to play to this? And you'll go, oh, you need an HDMI X39578 cable. I'll just see if I've got one. Oh, yes, I have. Here you go, Leanne. Your problem is solved. So I can't bitch too much about it. But I think there might be a... I think the, the good place to start is duplication. Mm-hmm. If you've got two or something, you probably don't need two of them. No, Apart from adapters, adapters, you need 10,000 of them because there's never enough. Clothes. I think one thing that we've, we've learnt... Um, I guess there's two kind of tactics we use in terms of of bigger items or I guess more used items. So like coats, shoes, um, or like jeans for you, like buy quality, mm-hmm. buy shit that's going to last you like two, three seasons. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to like t-shirts and summer stuff, yeah, your H&M two for 10 quid is absolutely fine. Layering. Layering is your friend, I think, when you travel. Because it's hard to have a full winter wardrobe, especially because everything's so big and bulky. And have a summer wardrobe if you're if you're like us and you're driving around and you need to carry both with you. And you don't want to be that person that's destroying the planet all the time with fast fashion, do you? You don't want to be that person. So a capsule wardrobe is a good idea. Layering is a good idea. And buying quality items for the things that you're going to wear more frequently, such as shoes and coats. I think that's a good tip. Yeah, I think it's a really good tip. And I think also just um, finding, if, if you're going to be, for example, in Europe for a while, then finding a brand of shampoo, conditioner, whatever, where you can get in most places in Europe is a, is a good idea. Because if you have a very specialist shampoo or whatever, then you either have to pack up like six of them mm. to last you the year. Um, I used to go and buy contact lenses in the UK. Um, and we walk, we'd go around with like two thousand contact lenses because I'd be like, "Oh, I need contact lenses." Till I discovered that in most countries they have like a contact lens vending machine mm. where you literally go and buy your contact lenses. Um, so there's that, um, but also I think there's there's something to be said for having for just allowing yourself. I mean, not if you're backpacking, but if you are traveling, like you know, in a car or something allowing yourself the stuff that makes you happy, like and brings you joy. Like Leanne's got the skincare and. And you say that a third of what we carry is is tech. You're looking at me as if say it is. I doubt that, but we'll find out when we pack up. But also a good percentage of, of that will be your skincare stuff. And that's fair enough because that's that's kind of like, you know, almost like your hobby. 
Yes, I think you're right. It is what what brings you joy. And one of the best things that we've ever done, and we've definitely talked about this before, but if you are traveling in, um, if you're driving around, if you're in a camper van, and, and camper van people are actually really brilliant for this. Like if you look at any kind of, and Instagram or TikTok at anyone that's like RVing full-time, they're so good at like secret storage spaces and mm. things that fit exactly. And it's the same if you're just driving around a car and staying in Airbnbs. We have boxes that fit in some kind of like Jenga type, what's the word? Order and mm. uh, combination. yeah. What's the word, sorry? That, permutation, that's a really good point actually. Yeah, so we know then if it fits in the box, it fits in the car. So if all of your tech fits in its designated box, mm-hmm. crack on. Yeah. If all of my skincare fits in our bathroom bag, then I know I'm good. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? And you're giving yourself permission to, to take stuff with you. But it is hard and you do, I think if you stop for a little while, you do collect stuff. Um, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got four aprons in our house and there's two of us. We also have a robotic vacuum that he's going to have That's to... That's a fucking game changer. He's coming with us. I don't care if he sits on my knee the entire way back to the UK. He's coming with Um So I also asked, um, what would you think your biggest mistake is? And this is what James said. When traveling early on, I fell into the trap of creating must-see bucket list checklists. Seeing the travel guide recommended sites often keeps us in a tourist bubble and isolated from real-life experiences. Also, if your time is limited, consider paring down your destination wish list and spend more time in fewer places rather than trying to cram everything in. This is a big one, I think. Mm. We went to, like, we were like tourist visa sorry not tourist visa a tourist uh people we went to asia didn't weren't we we we're proper tourists yeah and then we went to cambodia and we're like okay we're gonna go and see all these things then we went to vietnam we're gonna go and see all these things and it was a fucking exhausting Mm. i think i think it's understanding the things that you feel that you need to see to experience it so for me in cambodia seeing the temples which are i know they're not a wonder of the world but they're pretty close to being, aren't they? Just in terms of of the age of them and what. So for me, seeing things like that was really important. Similarly, I think like James, we we started by hitting all the tourist places, then realised that actually one, it's a lot more expensive if you're staying in the main tourist spots, and and he says it that you do end up in a bubble where it can be hard to actually meet local people because you're surrounded all the time by tourists but then the flip side of that is when we started doing that particularly more in Spain when we started like living in different places particularly places that there were quite touristy like Sevilla like Granada we'd have people that we'd end up talking to somewhere else in the world or back home and they'd say to us oh my god you were you're in Granada for three months did you go to the Alhambra no (laughs) did you this no did you go up here no like (laughs) are you sure you're in Granada? And you end up kind of feeling like a bit of a twat because you haven't done the tourist things. Mm -hmm. But equally, as James says, you know, you get more authentic experiences often not being in the tourist places and not necessarily being, you know, so so drawn to them. So I think it is a balance. I think a balance is a good thing. And figure out the things that are non-negotiable for you. Um, 
And then, yeah, look forward to, as we've already talked about before, from Austin and Monica, those questions they get asked and that look of astonishment when you haven't been up the Eiffel Tower. It's, yeah, it's, still haven't, by the way. No, I'm probably no interest in doing so. But I think I think that's a really good point, actually, because if you're not careful, there is the you must do this when you're here kind of thing. And then you just you just come back absolutely exhausted because you've spent the entire time going around. Whereas rather than looking at you must go up the Eiffel Tower, you might go, what do you really want to see in Paris? Do you care? Because you can go on, you can go on Google and you can see what it looks like from the from the Eiffel Tower. So what do you really want? Oh, well, I really want to try like French foie gras or something. Controversial reference yeah. there. <laughs> I think we lost the vegans a long time ago. Um, but you so say you go, all right, well, this is what's important to me. So I almost feel that if you're not careful, you end up with your your wish list being other people's wish lists. Mm. And you just... Yeah, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think as well, you almost need to think a bit tactically about it because <clears throat> if you are currently living and working abroad or you're traveling full-time, like we said before, you never really know how long that's going to last. It might be a permanent thing. It might be something that lasts a couple of years or six months even. And I think the thing is, going to these main tourist destinations, they're the places that you can probably fly directly to Stay in the centre and see what you need to see in a long weekend. Mm-hmm. Whereas going to those more like off the beaten track destinations, that's probably not the opportunity you're going to have again if you stop mm-hmm. living and working abroad. So, for example, when we were, I mean, we've done it lots of times, but, you know, we were in, in um, what's it called? Bulgaria. Yes. How did you know that? Because I, I can read what you're going to say. Honestly, this is so weird. We've not practiced this. We literally sit down and I think I know what Leanne's going to say. How did you know that? <laughs> because I've known you 20 violated. years. <laughs> Get out of my head. But no, She's you're actually gone right. red. <laughs> I've gone red. My mouth is open shock. But no, you're absolutely right. I was thinking about Bulgaria because we didn't go to Sofia. We didn't go to that main, what was it called on the coast? I can't remember. Basca or something like that. Not Basca. Barash, Farning, Benger. Yeah, I know the one you mean. There's a couple of like, on the on the Sunshine Coast of the Black Sea. There's Sopitar a couple of yeah. yeah, a couple of really like um, popular destinations for summer holidays with with tourists, particularly from from the UK. And we purposely didn't go to those places. We went to a place called um, Sidamoritz, which is right down near the Turkish border. Mm-hmm. And we went to a town called Haskava, which is kind of like in the middle towards the east. Same thing. We're never... The Burnley of... It wasn't the, quite Burnley, but <laughs> it might have been like a, a York. The York of, of, of Bulgaria. But but there are places we're not going to go again. You know, no. if we go back to... If we end up living wherever we live full time, we know we can get a flight to Sofia easily enough. So why spend time there when you're, you're traveling? That option will always be there. And I guess it's similar why... You know, we haven't been to a lot of the touristy places with some mm. some exceptions like Prague. Um, but you know, we've we're not we've only we haven't really spent any time in Krakow in Poland. We went to Wroclaw instead. Mm-hmm. We didn't really spend much time in um in Ljubljana in Slovenia, which you can fly directly to. We spent most of our time in Maribor. Um similarly with, with Croatia until recently we spent most of our time in Istria, which is a lot more difficult to get to from the UK. So I think that is something worth worth bearing in mind where are the places that you never would have gone otherwise you possibly will never go again 
and you've got a good story to tell. Did I go to the Alhambra in Granada? No, but I went to an anniversary party in Kerala, India and had some cake. <laughs> she did. She did do that. Um, we Just to finish things up and wrap things up, because... Excuse me, sorry. Just to finish things up and wrap things up, um, we have another few questions that James has sent over, which we'll deal with tomorrow because he sent over just... We we asked people for like a minute and he gave us like eight minutes. It's brilliant. Really good stuff as well. Really, really good stuff. And this, this is a guy who's, you know, who knows his stuff. He's lived abroad for a long time. He's travelled. He's, uh, you know, you know, switched on. So we'll deal with the other stuff he sent over tomorrow. Um, but something which Leanne just pointed out there was... Um, which I think is really important, is we did this second city tour mm-hmm. when we started moving around. And we were like, right, what's the capital city? Let's go to the second city. Because we're from Manchester in, in the UK, which is the second city. Shut up, Birmingham. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, so we were, went to, to exactly wanted to go to the second city. And I think what Leanne says is a really, really good point. There's two types of travel. There's the city break. When we first started dating, we went, we went to... Um, Brussels... Dublin, What's Riga. The Riga is the one I was trying to think of. Yep, went to Riga, all these different places, which are dead easy. And even better in the winter, they're like 60 quid or something mm. return to get there. But you're never, you're never going to fly to Bulgaria and go to Haskovo because one, I don't think they've got an airport. And two, you know, <laughs> why would you ever choose Haskovo? Whereas when you are on that journey, just choose those places that may be second or third cities and just see what, see what they're like. Um, Plovdiv in um, in Bulgaria, fantastic yeah. city, amazing wine, brilliant wine bar. I can't remember what it's called, but brilliant wine bar. Um, there's just Roman shit hanging around. Like you can literally go and sit on on some Roman walls that are like three thousand <laughs> years old and eat your chips. Whereas in the UK, they will be all be barred off with glass with glass stopping you from touching it and stuff. It is actually in Malaga as well. Yeah. Um, so I think just bear in mind, if you're traveling, are you traveling to go and experience what it's like to live in that country? Or are you traveling as a as a tourist to go to the capital city to go up the Eiffel fucking tower? Or mind you, we did go up that Atonium in Brussels, but but still. Um, but I think that's the thing. It's not saying that... It's not being that person that's like, oh, if if you're doing everything touristy, you're doing it wrong. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But equally, if you're not doing anything touristy and you're going to maybe some some place that are a bit less obvious or a, a bit more off the map or maybe just something somewhere that someone's recommended to you when you've been traveling, go for it. They're the places that are going to be harder to get to further down the line. It's not going to be hard to have a weekend in Rome or Verona or Paris or... Madrid or, you know, I think that's the thing with capitals. They're the places that you're always going to get direct flights from. So I think that is a good way to do it. Look at the the second city, the third perhaps. Yeah, I think it's really, really good advice. And you're either, I'm not saying you're either, although I did just start by saying you're either, but it feels like you're going to be on a tourist weekend away. Great, just do it. If you're going to Dublin, get onto Temple Street, have some Guinnesses, Guinness Eye. Um, watch some 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 guys fiddling. Um, just so you know, that is a violin they play. It's called a fiddle, so that's what I was saying. Watch some guys and girls fiddling, um, and, uh, and that's fine. But if you are going for a six-week travel around Europe, like our guest from, I want to say like three episodes ago, but including, including a podcast like 25 episodes ago, Luke, he went to some of the most random places in the world. The he went to he... places that we've never been yeah, heard yeah. of or yeah, been yeah. to. Um, and I think that's what's cool, isn't it? That's when, 
yeah, you see, you see local things, you see local people. That's that's the story you want to tell, not the amazing four day weekend I had in Paris. Exactly. We would just as a sorry, quick one. Paris, just shitting on you, aren't we? Sorry, uh, am I interested? Not really our favourite place, though, is it? Anyway, so um, we were just just to finish off. We were driving through Bulgaria, and we and there was like three sites that we saw. One where they were just grilling an entire pig on the side of the road. Not unusual for Eastern Europe, you know. That happens quite a lot. The second one, we were, we were driving up this hill and just saw this kid who maybe been like twelve or thirteen in speedos, quite a large kid. You know, with a proper old belly hanging over his speedos, just striding up the hill. Nobody else about. Like what? What was the story there? And then we ended up sheltering with about seventeen other country uh, cars, countries cars under a bridge on a motorway in Bulgaria because it was fucking hoying it down with rain, and all of us were under the under the thing. And I was like, oh, should we just have a sig here and uh, you know just hang out while the rain, the torrential Noah-like rain stops? So I mean, stuff like that you wouldn't get if you just went. I'm going to fly to Sofia. I'm going to go and do two nights three days, get on the bus, and nothing wrong with a tourist bus. It's a great idea. You get to your, your, your bearings. I feel that I might be rambling, so I'm going to stop. No, you're right. The tourist bus is a really good idea because you get to see everything in a short period of time and nowhere you can go back to. And also, if you're on a budget, those places outside the capital are probably going to be a lot cheaper as well. So, Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so day 21. We'll see for day 22 with more from James... Um, and then day 23, not much, not sure what we're going to do them. Day 24, we are trying to organise um, a, uh, um, a, um, a cross-pollination between two of the greatest travel podcasts in the <laughs> world, ours and, um, uh, and our wayward life. But uh, we'll see what happens because they're in the deepest, darkest Poland where it's minus 18 and I don't know if they've got Wi-Fi. Oh, it's chilly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.